Suspend your disbelief. Let yourself be led down a path into the world of the paranormal, where ghosts, shadow people, cryptids, aliens, and all things supernatural dominate. Immerse yourself in a dimension of ominous trepidation with your hosts, Dan, Danny, and Rachel. Welcome to the Phantom Faction Podcast. All right, welcome to this edition of Phantom Faction Podcast. I'm Danny. I'm Dan. And I'm Rachel. And we do have an author with us tonight. We do. We have a gentleman by the name of Joel A. Sutherland. And uh, just a little uh, bit of a bio here. He is an award-winning author, uh, a writing superstar of numerous volumes of Haunted Canada, uh, which which now has more than 400,000 copies in print. Uh, He's got a new series called uh, Haunted, including The House Next Door, Kill Screen, Night of the Living Dolls, and Field of Screams. That's cool. I like that one. Because you know what's funny? I just watched Field of Dreams (laughs) a week ago, and I saw this and said, oh, that's pretty cool. And uh, yeah, he's got uh, tons of awards, and I'm sure he's going to fill us in on uh, a lot of creepy stuff. And he's also known as, appeared as the Barbarian Librarian. On the Canadian edition of the hit television show Wipeout, so we'll have to maybe have to hear about that a little bit too. But uh, yeah, these these books: The Nightmare Next Door, Ghosts Never Die, Frozen Blood, Summer's End, Field of Screams. Joel, what's wrong with you? (laughs) I blame Stephen King. You blame Stephen King? I do. Yeah, Yeah, everybody blames Stephen King. How are you? I'm doing great, thanks. Good, good. Good. Welcome to the Phantom Faction Podcast. Uh, we've yeah. been going back and forth and trying to get you on, and we finally we finally secured you. And we like to have Canadian content, even though most of our listeners are from the U.S. and other places. But uh, you know, we're kind of slowly showing them that there's a lot to the Great White North and the paranormal world. And uh, for you, where did it all begin? Where did your um, adventures or interest in the paranormal take form? Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, from a very young age, a little before I got into Stephen King, uh, I I recall my my parents taking me to Disney World and my favorite ride by far was the Haunted Mansion. Oh, must have ridden it five times in a row. And I, I, you know, the images of the floating candle and the bulging door and the hands coming out of the coffin have stuck with me forever. So you're blaming Uh, the Americans. So it's all the Americans fault. Stephen it's all King, the Americans fault. Stephen Walt King Disney, and Walt Disney. And, uh, and the Ghostbusters team, because uh, I, I think I was about four years old when that came out. And, oh, uh, and I recall, you know, I have two older brothers than myself. So I got exposed to a lot of things at a very early age. And uh, so I remember that was, that's one of the earliest movies I remember watching. And then I rewatched it many, many, many times thereafter. So from a, from a very young age, I've been obsessed with uh, all things dead. All things dead and all things paranormal. All things dead. And by trade, you are a librarian. Yeah, that's right. Uh, currently work at the Pickering Public Library as a manager of client experience. I've worked in libraries for, let's see, I think uh, nearly 20 years now. Wow. And uh, it's a great job. goes hand in hand with being an author. I'm right and, there on the ground floor seeing what people are interested in reading any, and seeing what gaps there are in the market. Any ghosts in your library? No, sadly not. My each each of the libraries I've worked in have been too new um, to be a really good classically haunted library. But I have visited many and oh, given good. talks in many that are believed to be haunted. And have you had your own paranormal experiences after even after authoring so many books? 
Sadly, no. And, and you know what, maybe, <laughs> I, you know, and I'm preaching the choir here. You get it. Like, right. I wish I, I, I've seen ghosts because I'm obsessed with them. Other people, when I, when I say that, uh, they look at me a little oddly, <laughs> to say the least, that I wish I saw ghosts. Um, but uh, the thing is, I, I, I've tried, you know, I've gone to so many of the haunted locations I write about and I research about and uh, I've gone to many of them after hours and nothing. I think, to be honest, maybe that's one of the reasons I keep writing about them <laughs> because I'm not, since I haven't been, you know, fully exposed to ghosts in real life. I, you're, I'm you're not trying terrified. to, you're trying to manifest them. That's exactly. what you're trying to do. Exactly. So maybe I'm well, trying too hard. Well, you know what? You might have that experience. You might be like, man, that sucked. I, I never want to do that again. <laughs> yeah. And I don't want to write about it anymore. I don't want to <laughs> yeah. read about it anymore. I'm yeah, out of gonna, career. You're going to go start writing kids books or, you know, books on whatever. Like unicorns. Unicorns and, and flowers and <laughs> stuff flowers like that. and friendship. So your first book was? Uh, my first book was, actually you mentioned it in the intro, it's Frozen Blood. Uh, Frozen it was my first Blood. novel. And uh, it was with a small Canadian publisher. It was actually, although it was a pretty small uh, printing. It, it was nominated for the Bram Stoker Award for first novel, which was a great honor. Um, and then shortly thereafter, uh, I had my first children's book published by Scholastic Canada called Be a Writing Superstar, uh, based on a lot of writing activities I did at the library. And a little after that, they said, hey, we've got this series that's done really, really well, and the author is retiring. Uh, we think you might be a good fit. It's called Haunted Canada. And so uh, the original author, Pat Hancock, had written three uh, and retired. And kids kept saying, when is the next book coming out? They kept mm. writing to the publisher. And so uh, they knew I was obsessed with ghosts and, uh, and horror. And uh, I was thrilled. I jumped at the opportunity. My only fear was, you mentioned the difference between, you know, uh, American hauntings, Canadian hauntings. Um, my only fear at the beginning was, would I be able to find enough Canadian locations to write about, uh, to, you know, for maybe two or three books? And uh, shortly after I started writing uh, Haunted Canada 4, I quickly realized that wouldn't be a problem at all. And now I'm, I'm you're writing to, Haunted Canada 11. Yeah, so. I, just, I was just going to say you're up to number 10 at least. Yeah, yeah 10 I, just came out and, and 11's... Uh, I'm so far behind. <laughs> only on number two. <laughs> well, at least you're buying his books, though. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> no, you bought them lunch at least. <laughs> That's maybe, maybe i don't know i don't know what his kickbacks are but so these stories uh come from people or just research you've done out of newspapers or out of uh where do you get your info a bit of both um i do a lot of research i put my librarian skills to the test and use interlibrary loan and reach out to uh archival uh people people that work at different universities or uh or Ar national archives of canada so i get a lot of old uh articles that way um, I also have uh, what I what I usually say just for fun to people is I have what I believe to be the largest personal collection of true Canadian ghost story books. Um, mm -hmm. Speaking to this group, maybe I can't make that claim. Maybe some of you have the same number of books that I have, but I have quite a few that I use as inspiration to find some some good locations and some good information for me to do further research. And uh, and I always try and reach out, of course, uh, to interview people. Uh, from the locations I'm writing about as well. So if it's a, a business um, or, I don't know, a school or, or a church, I'll try and find somebody that uh, has experience there. Um, the nice thing too now that there's so many of these books out 
And, uh, you know, for, and because of that, I'm a little bit more visible as an author. People, you know, that, that read Canadian ghost stories think they know who I am. I get a lot more people reaching out to me and just mm-hmm. emailing me through my website, contacting me that way. Oh man. Well, you send them, send them our way. Will you? We need yeah. some more. We need some guests on here. Absolutely. <laughs> I find Absolutely. Uh, it, it's, uh, it's, I find it's hard for people to open up uh, about ghost stories and, you know, and we always tell them, you know, this is going to be anonymous or, you know, or we can use an alias or, you know, whatever first name initials. And, there's so many people, you know, when you get around the water cooler, <laughs> it's uh, that have had weird paranormal experiences, but they just don't talk about it until they find that right person. And I, and I guess, and I guess they see your books, they see, you know, that you're a trustworthy guy and, and uh, you know, you're, you're going to uh, give their story respect and, you know, tell it the way it should be told. So I guess there's that. And uh but uh, yeah, there's a lot of people out there, and I'm sure you've seen it where they'll go, "Oh, you're that you're that author of uh, all those books, and I've got a story for you." Oh yeah. But uh, yeah. every every visit I do, like whether I'm going to a school, doing a visit, or giving a presentation at a public library or at uh, at a conference, um, yeah, so many people come up and share their stories and say, "Let me tell you about this thing that happened to me," mm-hmm. and I've included some of those too. Uh, you know, people I've met. Who, uh, who I work with or, or I've become friends with, they've shared stories and eventually I, I, I break them down and they agree to let me cover their story in, in one of the right. books. So. <laughs> do, you get a lot, do you get a lot of people contacting you and asking how to deal with, you know, oh, I've got something in my house and lights are moving and I'm seeing dark shadows and, you know, they must think that you're some kind of, you know, quote unquote expert on the field and that you should, you should be the guy to go to. Do you get those uh, interactions as well? You know, that's a really interesting question. And I'm trying to think back over the years. I don't think anybody ever has, which is really, maybe that's a bit of a blessing for me. (laughs) I don't have to get too, uh, you know, ensnared in in the creepier details of their lives. Um, No, I don't think anybody ever has really written or Mm. contacted me, asked me for sort of advice on how to deal with it. Everybody that's written has, uh, has been sharing a story and, right. uh, and, and sort of saying, Hey, you know, I read one of your books. It was fascinating. Let me, let me tell you what happened to me. And, uh, and they're not necessarily looking for me to like, you know, go, go help them, <laughs> which as I say, <laughs> it's probably a good thing. Right. <laughs> you have a favorite uh, story out of your Haunted Canada series? Yeah, absolutely. The, the, my favorite is in Haunted Canada seven, uh, which actually was just, uh, just in February of 2021 last month. Uh, was reissued with a new cover and an interview and a brand new story as well. Uh, but it's got my favorite story by far. And uh, I'll, I'll tell it to you real quick, at least the gist of it. So um, it was actually a woman that came into the library I was working in at the time, uh, about half an hour north of Toronto. And um, she started asking for, you know, how do I find out the history of my house? Like who owned it? And when was it bought and sold? And and so as, uh, as we were helping her and just asking some follow-up questions to, to make sure we got her the information she needed, she eventually revealed she wanted to find out who lived there and if anything bad had happened there because she, uh, she lived in a haunted house. And, uh, and so I said, oh, really interesting. Uh, here are some books that I've written. This is who I am. Can I, can I, you know, I'll help you with your request to find some information about the history of your home. 
can I also find out more about the ghost? It's kind of an interest of mine. And she was great. She, uh, right there and then she took about, you know, 10 minutes or so um, to tell me some of the, some of the more interesting aspects and information of her home. And it was freaky stuff. Uh, Not your typical, just like, yeah, you know, I feel a presence and it's actually very calming and soothing, which is interesting. But the people that read my books, they want the really scary stories. They want the ghosts that are trying to, uh, you know, hurt people or, you know, (laughs) people who feel their lives are in danger. And this certainly fit that bill. Uh, So she agreed to be interviewed uh, a little bit later. And uh, so we met and talked for a good long time. And uh, her house was just and is packed with just some of the most incredibly scary ghosts. And I spoke to a lot of her friends and family who uh, all have had experiences of their own as well, including skeptics that said they'd never experienced anything like it. And they didn't believe her when she had started telling them some of the things that happened there. Uh, And she tried to sell the house once uh, because it was getting to be too much. And, um, and so there was like a house flipper who was interested in buying it. He was just doing a final inspection uh, she was. She had to leave the house while he was there, and uh, when she came back, his car was gone. The front door was wide open, <laughs> and all his tools were still in her house. So she Whoa. called the real estate agent and explained what happened. And the real estate agent called the the home buyer, potential buyer, and then the real estate agent called the the homeowner back and said, "I've got bad news. He's decided to back out of the sale." And she said, okay, but what about like, you know, leaving the door open and leaving all those tools here? And uh, the real estate agent said, yeah, about that. Uh, He said, and I quote, "Uh, that woman is crazy for living there. I never want my tools back. She can keep them. I'm never setting foot in that house again. And he he didn't say anything else about what he saw or experienced. But the trap door to the basement in her son's closet was open. So she suspects he was down there. Uh, and that's often the son's closet is where most, most, most of the activity takes place, uh, where most people will see ghosts in that area. So she suspects that he was looking at the crawl space under the house and had a horrible experience and oh, fled. Man. And how long ago was this? Um, probably about three years ago, three, four years ago. And does she still live in the same house? As far the as last you know? I heard, I, I did see her uh, a couple of times thereafter because it was a fairly small town. Uh, in fact, one night I was uh, doing a presentation uh, in, in the town at like a, a local theater for Halloween. And uh, I was one of a few different acts. And so uh, I went and I shared her story and I didn't know she was in the audience with her friends. <laughs> so I'm hearing this snickering throughout my talk. And, uh, you know, you're there and you've, it's all dark and you've got the bright lights in your face. So you can't really make out faces in the audience too well. So it took me a while to realize it was her uh, there listening in. So I got her to chime into the presentation and and share some words from her, which was made for a very unique night and a very unique experience for everyone that was attending. Wow. And uh, I don't know, sounds like someone you need to connect us with. Should we sound like a good guest? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know what? I I will do that. She'd probably be interested. Uh, I I believe she was on TV shortly after, uh, shortly after I interviewed her um on one of those paranormal shows so well she'd probably be willing to talk about it that's great so do you have is there a, a certain type of uh, place that you'd like to focus on do you, do you try to find the historical well-known places or do you or will you just accept the random farm you know spooky farm homes and mm-hmm. and things yeah. like that 
Well, one of the things I love to do is uh, have a good, healthy amount of stories set in locations um, that kids and families and, and adults, because I'll say this, although I write them for Scholastic Canada and they're aimed at sort of the nine to 13 sort of range. Um, That's I've why so Danny's reading them. Yeah. <laughs> 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 they're they're a great you know reading level for anyone that just wants a light read but no seriously i do have a lot of adults come to my talks uh when i'm not at a school when i'm at a at, like i said a conference or a library and it's open to the public because uh, so many adults read them as well they're it's kind of like you remember those uh maybe i shouldn't say this but you remember those um uncle john's bathroom readers mm-hmm. you know like it's like a oh, big yeah, collection yeah. of short stories like each each chapter is like a page or two long like very sure. short Intended to be read in like a couple of minutes, like each right. section. Well, no different than a Reader's Digest magazine. Yeah, that's right? kind of so, that's kind of it. But otherwise, yeah. the stories like my my editor gives me pretty free reign to include most of the really creepy and gory details. It's really just the length. So a lot of adults do read them. Um, and uh, I forget where I was going with this. What the original question was? Oh, uh, like, I got do, sidetracked by bathroom. Like, if you like to focus on uh, yes. his, historical places like <laughs> Fort Henry you. or or yep. the Keg Mansion, that's that sort yep. of thing. Uh, that's a great question. So I, I do make sure that I have a lot of locations where people can go visit them, and not just private residences. Uh, so uh, well-known places, like you said, Fort Henry. I'm actually working on a story for that for Haunted Canada 11. Uh, Cake Mansion in Toronto. I did that in either nine or 10. I forget. Uh, I love those locations. So you can go see it for yourself and see Mm -hmm. if you have an experience. So I always make sure that, yeah, I have a lot of stories like that. And I like different types of locations in each book. So I always make sure, even if sometimes I have a really great story or a really great location, I might save it for a book or two because I've already got a lot of stories in a similar setting or location. Right. I want each book to have a, a nice variety of different types of locations. Now, because you're in Ontario, as we are, do you have you tended to focus mostly on Ontario stories or well, do you like to branch out? Yeah, that's another uh, good question because I, I do make sure that I have at least one story from every province and at least one story from the territories, preferably one from each territory. Uh, since, you know, the name of the series is Haunted Canada, I want to make sure that, um, A, wherever you live in the country, you can read about um, your own home province or territory. So you can read some stories that you can go visit. Uh, but also, B, I think it's important, uh, especially for kids, to learn a lot about their country through ghost stories, because all ghost stories are about, are about the past and history. And so they learn a lot of Canadian history, even though they're there just to be freaked out. And they learn a lot about the country, the geography, the different, uh, the different people and places and cities and, and uh, the wide variety of sure. uh, locations in this country. Yeah. If do I have it, stories set across coast. Do it in a, in a fun way, not a stuffy yeah. you know, classroom way. Exactly. Is there, is there a certain province that has nastier ghosts than most? Um, I would say, you know, the East Coast obviously is okay. extremely haunted. No shortage of stories from the East Coast. And Newfoundland has some really nasty ghosts. Ontario's oh. up there. Ontario's okay. up there. I mean, Kingston, Niagara-on-the-Lake. I always have a Toronto story. And, and usually I try, I think so far I've always had an Ottawa story. Uh, that's where I grew up. Um, and I love the Yukon. I love the, the Klondike Gold Rush ghosts. In Dawson City and Whitehorse and, and small a, towns. Is there a story from the Yukon that you, that you can share with us? Sure, yeah. Um, probably the, the one I think about the most is uh, the first one I wrote in Haunted Canada 4 uh, at, in Dawson City, the Pasquarand Theatre. 
Uh, it's haunted by the ghost of Klondike Kate, who made her way up uh, to the Yukon from, I believe, California through BC and settled there. She was an actress, a singer, a dancer, uh, and, uh, and she performed uh, what she called her fire dance, where she had red and yellow and orange streamers. She swirled about her body as she danced. And audiences were, were mesmerized by it. Now, uh, to this day, people that work in the theater, uh, often after they've locked up and everybody has gone home, all the performers in the audience, uh, they'll see her, uh, her ghost dancing on stage. But instead of streamers, they claim to see like ghostly flame around her body as if she's got like a, an afterlife upgrade, I guess, to her special <laughs> effects of her performance. But fascinating history there. Uh, so why so why is she still haunting the theater? What's what's her? You know, why, they, is she, they why, suspect, why is she stuck there? Yeah, they suspect that uh, maybe that was the height of her fame. That was her heyday. She had uh, you know she was a struggling actress before nobody really knew there because she was one of the first on the scene with this uh, city that was building up virtually overnight. I mean, uh, mm -hmm. Dawson was an outpost of less than a thousand people until. Uh, the brothers uh, who found the first gold nuggets in the stream that sparked the, the gold rush. Uh, and everybody came from, from the States, from Canada, even further afield. Uh, all of a sudden, it was nearly 50,000 people within two years. It plummeted in the next two years, stepped back down to about 1,000 people where it sits today. Um, but uh, in the span of a couple of years, you, you had the city spring up. And so all these people that were there working hard jobs, wanted some entertainment. So, of course, uh, an entrepreneur started a theater and, uh, and there, there weren't a lot of actors around. So she was able to, oh, and her story to get there was fascinating, too, because um, uh, she was denied passage because she was a female on a, one, of the, one of the ships or a train. I forget. It's been a long time since I researched this. And so she did have to pose as a man to get there and uh, really a riveting story in its own right before she died and became a ghost. So people think that uh, she just hasn't been able to move on. That, that's where she was happiest. Oh, well, you know, when your career takes you from California to Dawson City, Yukon, <laughs> I mean, where else there is there is there to go? That's right. Too far for even a ghost to travel. Yeah. And I'm sure all our listeners, you know, outside of Canada are going, what the hell is Dawson City? Yeah. But, uh, you know, but uh, it's beautiful up there. It sure is. <laughs> it sure yeah. is. And Dawson City is the place where they have the pub with the toe. Yes, it, the, yes, the freeze, absolutely. The freeze-dried toe, right? Yep. Yep. Where you have to you have to take a shot and you have to let the toe touch your lips. You're absolutely yes. right. You're yes. absolutely right. I did go to Yukon. I didn't get to Dawson City because I was oh. there not during the tourist season. So there's nothing operating. Nothing. So no. yeah, didn't get that far. <laughs> Very cool. Do you often uh, go to these places uh, that you write about? Uh, not as much as I would like, to be honest, I love to travel. And as I said earlier, you know, Canada is such a big country with so much variety to it. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, it's funny because when I started writing, I didn't, I didn't really get to travel Canada much at all, except for maybe personal reasons. But then in those cases, I didn't go too far. I just see friends and family, mostly around Ontario. Um, but now because of the series, I've been invited to, uh, to do book tours in a lot of parts of the country that, uh, that I hadn't seen before. So that's why I went to the Yukon. I was invited there for a week, uh, BC a couple of times, you know, Alberta and, and the East coast. So, um, so every time I go visit a new place, typically, like I say, for work, for writing, uh, often to do a book tour, visit schools and libraries, uh, I get to go see both places I've written about. For the first time, I see them in person and uh, new haunted locations that, 
you know, when I meet teachers and, and other people that are sort of uh, chaperoning me around, they say, oh, you got to go check out this place. You got to go check out that place. And they'll, they'll often take me to uh, some really good locations. Seems like the, uh, the school system is very open to, uh, to the Haunted Canada books. I mean, it's on Scholastic, right? Uh, and it's never been a problem. They haven't uh, said that hey, we don't want you uh, teaching our kids this, uh, this type of paranormal stuff. Or... Yeah, for the most part, no. Um, I would say that most teachers have embraced it because they see their kids reading it. Uh, their students are, are into the series and they, they you know, once they, they take a look, take a look at it themselves, they do see that um, I pack each story with, with true facts. You know, I, I definitely hear, here are the ghost highlights, here are the fun stories, but I want to make sure that since they are books for kids that they're learning as well. So there's a, like I said, a lot of history, a lot of famous Canadians, a lot of geography uh, covered in each book. So they've seen it as a way to uh, sneakily teach their kids some, some curriculum. Uh, but you know, there's, there's, there, there have been some challenges sometimes, not, not challenges per se from schools or teachers. Uh, just sometimes when I go do a visit, uh, kids getting a little too scared and, (laughs) and your listeners, I know your listeners can't see me, but you could see me and you could tell them I'm always smiling. I I have a goofy sense of humor. I like my presentation isn't scary. In fact, most of the kids that want it to be scarier may be disappointed because, you know, I'm just a normal looking guy and I'm not wearing a black cape and, you know, <laughs> like, right. so, um, but even having said that, uh, there, there's from time to time, you know, a kid in the audience who uh, I just say the word ghost and they basically break down into tears because they're just <laughs> terrified. And so there's been once or twice I've had kids have to leave presentations uh, or teachers follow up afterwards and say, little Tommy got really scared. Uh, could you maybe write a quick message just to say it's going to be okay? You know, you don't have to believe in ghosts if you don't want to and blah, 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 just to settle his nerves. So I'm always happy to do that because that's not the point. That's not why I'm writing these books. It's maybe, maybe, little, maybe little Tommy lives in a haunted house and you just I mean, brought all these memories back. Exactly. <laughs> all these repressed memories he was trying right? to forget yeah. about. You, you, here got, comes you, this guy. You gave the poor kid PTSD. Yeah. So now he's, he's ruined. Because of <laughs> because of Joel Sutherland. That's right. <laughs> Ever thought about? Uh, oh, go ahead, Danny. Oh, I was just going to ask you, uh, Joel, whether some of your other books uh, are, are fiction or nonfiction. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I've written um, five uh, children's horror books for Scholastic now as well. Uh, mm-hmm. One of them was young adult, and that was called Summer's End, and uh, and then four were middle grade. Um, in that series, Haunted, that was mentioned earlier, uh, which, you know, biggest honor probably of my writing career was R.L. Stein, who, who writes Goosebumps, read the first book and, uh, and praised it and gave like a nice quote that's on the cover. Um, yeah, and the, the fifth book in that series is actually coming out uh, in August of 2021, so not too far away. Um, so yeah, all, all ghosts, all haunted houses, like I said, it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's probably my favorite, you know, genre to read. It's probably my favorite genre of movies and it's definitely my favorite genre to write. Although mm-hmm. I do write, you know, other, I occasionally dabble in other genres too, but for my publication history so far, pretty well, all ghosts all the time. <laughs> Have you ever tried to connect with a, a paranormal team and go out on a ghost hunt and See if you can come up with an Okay, that I have to do. I have <laughs> talked extensively to so many paranormal teams, um, you know, by phone, by email, by video call. 
Uh, they've, you know, so many different teams have given me information for my books uh, and provided, you know, different accounts that they've experienced that have been included uh, and teams like from across the country. Right. Um, and obviously I've met a lot of people that are, that are on paranormal teams and, uh, and I've never actually asked to go along with one. I, oh. I don't know what's wrong with me. Oh, <laughs> it's well, one of those, like, well, light bulb moment. Why have I thought of that? Before? We can hook you up with Durham paranormal. It's right in your back backyard. Absolutely. We've had them on the, uh, the podcast as well. Fantastic. Yeah. That Jason, Jason and, uh, Scott and I can't remember the uh, the young lady's name, but uh, we uh, we did the podcast uh, in the very haunted Harrison Theater, and maybe nice. you should talk maybe you should talk to us about the Harrison Theater for some more stories. I think that and, sounds and, good. And uh, we had tons of activity that night, didn't we, Danny? Mm, yes, we were having yeah. things move and voices, disembodied voices, and all sorts of crazy things that night when they were there. Amazing. So yeah, connections, right? <laughs> It's what makes the world go around. That Absolutely. Makes, that's what makes the world go around. You ever thought about uh, uh, branching out into uh, UFO books or Sasquatch or any of that, that would co- be a, kind of folklore? That would be a lot of fun too. In fact, I think in the first few Haunted Canada books, the original author did include some stories like that. Oh. Uh, we made a very conscious... <laughs> that was perfect timing. <laughs> <laughs> Um, we, when I took over with book four, we, you know, in, in my early discussions with the editing team at Scholastic, we made a very focused and conscious decision for me to focus strictly on ghosts and paranormal for Haunted Canada. Um, but maybe a spinoff because there are so many fascinating stories too of late creatures and yeah, Sasquatch, UFOs, like you say. Yeah. Yeah. Tons of them. The Pukwudgies and the little people of the forest. Oh yeah. Yeah. Out east, all the, the, yes, absolutely. The leprechauns and and fairies and elves. Yeah. Apparently Newfoundland has tons of them. The little people. Absolutely. They still just like are mixed into the same story I want to cover. Uh, I'll say this, uh, you know, on the East Coast, especially Newfoundland, um, where, you know, there's a ghost element to a location, but then people also believe maybe there are little people, uh, fairies, elves, something of that nature. And it's tricky for me. I kind of have to sidestep that a bit because we really want to focus on ghosts for this series, right? And uh, not get into other supernatural elements um, just to make it very distinct. So it, it can be challenging sometimes because those stories are so intricately woven in the, Absolutely. In the Atlantic provinces. Joel, our, our listeners love the scary stories. That's why they listen. We love to hear about your books, uh, you know, the Canadian content as well. Can you give us a couple really good stories as before we sign off and, and uh, leave them with, with uh, a taste of, your knowledge and and what to expect from your books and then uh, we'll go from there sure yeah absolutely well as i was saying that uh that one story uh in haunted canada 7 it's called you can never leave uh and that's because when i was speaking to uh, the woman the homeowner um i asked her why she hadn't moved yet you know kind mm-hmm. of half in jest because this, mm-hmm. this sure. house was so creepy and she said i tried and i can't leave the ghost won't let me leave and, uh, and she believes that because of the time she tried to, you know, put the house up for sale. She thinks that uh, maybe the ghosts were scaring off the prospective buyer because they've, although they still freak her out, they, uh, they, they prefer her to anyone else. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the creeper, creepier elements, I didn't get into the details, but this is where my mind immediately goes. Um, she would see uh, a small boy in the family room as she would be watching TV at night or on her laptop, uh, who she called the peekaboo boy. 
because uh, he was constantly, you know, poking out from behind corners or she would hear him, you know, giggling behind the couch and uh, she'd look over, look behind and just catch a glimpse of him uh, before he would quickly disappear. Uh, she saw a teenage boy often uh, whose, whose eyes were constantly bleeding. Uh, yeah, bloody tears coming out of her eyes. Um, <laughs> The, the scariest probably is uh, this one early on when they first moved in. Like I said, a lot of the activity uh, is concentrated around her son's closet and specifically this hatch in the floor that leads to the crawl space. Um, one night she was watching TV and she heard about 11 o'clock. Uh, her son was, I believe, three or four at the time, very young. She, she heard him screaming and uh, she ran into the room and stopped in the doorway, frozen with fear because he was actually levitating in the air, slammed against his bedroom wall. Oh, man. Um, and screaming and pointing at the closet on the other side of the, the room. And she looked over and in the open closet uh, saw a woman that looked kind of like she did uh, with long, really dark black hair. Um, and she screamed and she yelled and she commanded the ghost to leave and finally, and leave her son alone. And finally she did. Her son fell back down to the bed. And, uh, and when she finally calmed him down enough to find out what happened, uh, he said that the ghost had appeared saying that she was his mommy and that he should follow her into the, through the trap door of his closet Oh man! to do what <laughs> we don't know, but Oh, creepy, creepy stuff. It still just, you know, gives me goosebumps now because uh, I got to uh, get into this house. Yeah. Well, it's to me, it's, it's, it's the Amityville horror house of Canada. Oh, uh, I could have written a whole book about this house and uh, she invited me to go check it out. And I said, no, thank you. I'm happy to interview you and oh, Tim Hortons at, at broad daylight at high. Joel, New you had your chance. <laughs> Too much you had of a your chicken. chance. Like I say, I'll see the ghosts for myself and I'll never be able to write about them again. Oh, I'm, man. I'm working myself out of a job. Um, but I'm going to, I'll reach out to her after this and, uh, and see if I can connect you at least to come on the show. But yeah, and we'll connect uh, you with the Durham Paranormal as well. Yeah. So they're, they're a good, a good group. So you got one more story for us. Oh, geez. Okay. What's another good pick, one? Pick a province, any province. Pick a province, <laughs> any province. How about, uh, how about, how about let's what? do this. You pick a province and I'll try and All right, well, my brain. let's, let's go with Newfoundland. Because since okay, you said they've got a lot of, a lot of uh, ghosts out there. Yeah. Have you heard of the Swamp Hag of uh, Bell Island in Newfoundland? No, but I, but I know where Bell Island is. Okay. Yeah. Lots of ghosts uh, on Bell oh, Island. Okay. Uh, I actually was able to interview, uh, what's his position? He works for the government out there. He's like, I forget what he does. I, and I can't recall his name now because it was years ago. But somebody very much in the know that I quoted in, in, in books where I've written about Bell Island. There was uh, there's some mines that are haunted. Uh, by miners, but uh, the swamp egg is the most fascinating because uh, again, it's one of these ghosts that has actually attacked people, wow. uh, which is, as you know, you know, fairly fairly rare, uh, I would say in my research. So um, yeah, they believe it's it was a woman that uh, that was murdered and and her body was left in the swamp, and she now holds a grudge against everyone. Basically, she believes like everyone around is, you know, part of this town that and nobody helped her. So her spirit is out for blood. Uh, and so lots of accounts of people late at night from I think about the the, the 1950s on 
when she first was seen. Uh, if you're in this this field uh, near the swamp, uh, she'll she'll attack you. She'll hold you down, pin you to the ground, and you know great descriptions from witnesses of like basically a decaying corpse, not a not a beautiful ethereal glowing ghost, like peeling skin, maggots. You know, tongue is hanging out of her mouth, one eye is missing, really gruesome stuff, and uh, and screaming at people for not having done anything to to save her. And wow. uh, apparently, you know, reports still come in to this day of the swamp hag of Belle Island. Oh, man, we need a road trip. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all for it. Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever um, talked to psychics and stuff for uh, some of your, your books uh, for research? I have. Yeah, I have as well, um, which always provides a really interesting angle, too. Uh, basically, if you've got, if you have an experience, I want to hear about it. You know, it's uh, whether you're a paranormal team, if you're someone that's out like actively looking for ghosts, if you're a psychic and you've picked up on energies and auras and, uh, you know, uh, remnants from the past in an area, I want to hear about that. And just, you know, people that, as I said before, you know, were are total skeptics and never experienced anything remotely paranormal, didn't believe in ghosts, and then all of a sudden have this one experience that changes their outlook on life. That's fascinating, too. That's fascinating mm -hmm. to me as well. So again, I like to have a mix. I want to make sure in each book, I have a nice mix of different perspectives from people, different types of uh, accounts. Well, Rachel is our resident medium and she's <laughs> quiet, quiet as usual. <laughs> hey, I didn't have a chance to get a, a word in. Oh uh, yeah, that's what you, bang, bang, that's what you always say. <laughs> Are you picking up anything there, Rachel? I saw you making some notes. Yeah, I did make some notes at... Uh... I, I'm going to share with you, Joel, if that's okay. Absolutely. <laughs> so, um, what kind of demon does Joel have around him at all times? <laughs> Please tell. It's funny that you asked that the whole time. Oh, sitting here. <laughs> it, I don't have a demon. Actually, I feel like um, you have some ancestral help that's really supporting you in, in finding things and helping you write your novels. Um, yeah, I've been feeling a lot of things over here, but it's very ancestral. So it's, it's like through the history or something. I don't know how to explain, right. explain that, but that's how it, the, um, I got the information. It's ancestral. Um, Fascinating. <laughs> so, and uh, it's like, they're telling me it's like your time, like your time for action um, because great things are going to be coming your way. Um, oh, movies, movies. <laughs> yeah. The Honey Canada TV show. That's yeah. right. Starring Dan Hammond. <laughs> oh, stop it, Dan. <laughs> but it's like you're going to finally come into who you truly are. And that's like, like it may be a key thing to, to um, note. Because um, you're, very, you're very creative. We know that. Um, and I wonder if there's like a project that you're going to start that's really close to your heart. Because they're like. A, I am. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely have a couple things that are very close to moving forward right now that I can't talk about yet in yeah. true author fashion. The, <laughs> you know, news you I can't share, but yeah, yeah. There's some big things starting to happen. So that's interesting. So with that, I got, you got to keep following your passion and following your heart's desire, because when you follow those two things, you will be rewarded because you're following your true calling. Right. Um, and also the, there's a tidbit for you to view things from a different perspective. So don't know what that means, but I'm supposed to tell you, okay. um, you do have a blessed gift. So continue doing what you're doing. 
and to look at past and current um, activities as possibilities going forward. I don't know what that Excellent. means, but it, it, it uh, maybe it means something to you. Yeah. And yeah. Um, it's okay to pause and rethink things. Um, that's good. That's a challenge of mine. <laughs> Pausing and reflecting. I'm always like, what's next? What's next? You know, let's keep moving. Forget about looking back. Forget about paperwork. Let's just, you know, onto the next new shiny object. Sky's the limit. Uh, and they, I also got embrace your uniqueness because it serves you very well. Very good. So that's my little notes I wrote for you. Oh, thank you very cool. much. I did not know to expect that. What a nice <laughs> bonus to coming on the show. That's fascinating. Thank you. You never Rachel. know what you're going to get on this podcast. Yes. <laughs> the, so got the silent medium that just goes nuts at the end of the, every episode. <laughs> Love Joel, it. where can people get a hold of your books? Well, they're available wherever book uh, books are sold. So uh, online Amazon chapters would be uh, two of the main routes or in the States, uh, Barnes and Noble, and of course, Amazon. Uh, and then of course, I always say to, to support your local indie bookseller and, uh, and go, they might not have the book on the shelf, but they can get it. If you just let them know what the book is, they'll get it for you. Otherwise, uh, in Canada, of course, uh, you know, most school libraries have copies. So if any parents are listening, they think their kids would be interested. Uh, chances are their school library has copies or their public library does as well. Have to say and, that as and do you have a website or Facebook, other I do, social yeah. media? JoelASutherland.com and uh, uh, most active on Twitter, I would say, uh, at Joel A. Sutherland. Awesome. Very good. Joel, thank you so much. That was great. Uh, we're going to have to uh, stay in touch because I, I want to talk to that lady. Yep, we're gonna we're gonna swap sources. We we will I'll put you in touch sure. with her, and you put me in touch with Durham Paranormal Society. Absolutely, I I, I'll be I'll get right on it. Fantastic! So, thank and you we so much. Want to be part of the uh, Haunted Canada Television Program? Okay. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we've got we've got the next Stephen King sitting right there. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but I don't think it'll be directed at kids, though. So, well. Yeah, maybe not. Yeah, you, you have to get a pen name. When you actually, right? Yeah, when you see it on screen, it's much more scary than, yeah. than reading about it in a book. For so. sure. <laughs> All right, Joel. Thank you so much. Thank you. I appreciate it. It's been a lot of fun. Cool. Phantom Faction Podcast, a podcast to educate, entertain, assist, and guide anyone involved or interested in the paranormal. To reach out to Phantom Faction, see our Facebook page or email us directly at phantomfaction at outlook.com.